Hey, dear listener, do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about Canadian politics and history? Boy, do we have a special fucking treat for you. We've got our first ever official live show at a bar. It's at Two Crows Brewing on uh, Brunswick Street in Halifax on Sunday, May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it no matter how much it is. If you want to hold our hair while we barf in the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. No, 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 no. Um, so, 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 Je- Jesse just picked up a can of fizzy water. I'm just gonna, l- let me right just away. let me just read this review to you that we had, because you do like eating food and opening cans and doing sound effects. I do. Was this going to be a it's, one it's, star it's, review? No, it's a five. It's a five star review. It's, oh. And the name is Nomo ASMR. <laughs> and, and, and the heading of the review is the sounds of eating. Great comedic political <laughs> podcast featuring the sounds of host Jesse eating and drinking on many occasions. Five stars for making me laugh in the morning, zero stars for the ASMR. <laughs> so, if you're going to open that can, do it. Don't. I'm going to edit this out. Going to edit this out? Are you really? I don't think you are, Reese. Well, how do you... How do you um... What does ASMR stand for you again? Audio sex manipulation, Reese. That's right. I remembered it. Oh, yeah. Nice. yeah. How, how could I forget? My name's right. in it. So, <laughs> um, this is day seven. Jesus. Day seven. I'm tired. Are you tired? I'm exhausted. I just finished shooting and editing a feature film in two weeks. I'm ridiculously tired. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm also tired. Just, just, just sleepy, sleepy, Reese. Sleepy Reese making bad decisions. That could be our our next podcast. 
Sleepy Reese and Sleepy Jesse making sleepy decisions <laughs> in sleepy time land. It's just us making bad decisions on the internet. It's just going to sleep while we're just tired. Storing for yeah. an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to buy that. I was really tired like that. Anyway, this isn't that. This is Canadian Spies of Boring. Canadian Spies of Boring. Uh, we're seven days in. We have. Th- You're welcome. This is. Do you like there's only three days left. So I'm very sad. If you're going to miss a daily spy story in your um, feed, then I'm sorry. We can't give that to you after this date because nothing else happened. <laughs> I'm joking. Lots of other stuff did happen. I'm going to save it for next year. And again, th- this show, we're not historians, we're not experts. We're going to get stuff wrong. We'll I mean, certainly if, pronounce if, things if wrong. our audience still thinks that we're historians and this is an educational podcast. No, but, but hopefully it'll entertain you enough that you go off and, do, and read a book by an actual expert or... <laughs> A doc, watch a documentary. I, just, I love that we have to put this disclaimer on our show. Like, yeah, warning frequently. Yeah. <laughs> so this episode is called the Far Right Mole, and that's not bum, a bum, bum. sort of small mammal with far right tendencies. That'd be amazing to it's watch. It's a mole in the sense of a spy mole. Right now, yeah, I, I, so. I picked that up. <laughs> Thank you. Have you ever heard of Grant Bristow? No. Hold no. on, Grant Brist- Bristow. Sounds like something Grant from Bristow. It sounds like something. Oh, Grant? Like Grant. This is a name? Yeah. Grant, oh, oh, I, Grant I heard Bristow. like Grand Bristow. Like I, I thought it was going to be like some sort of pub in England that had no, like no. pillars and was just quite there's, grand. There's, a, there's a, a, a brand of gravy called Bistow. So it could have been Grand Bistow. It's like gold plated gravy. Gold. Mm, that's oh, it's just gravy with golden, golden flakes. flakes in. Yeah. <laughs> like, is that vo- was there a vodka with golden flakes? Was there oh, was a yeah. drink with oh, golden yeah, flakes? No, I've had it. Goldschlager. Yeah. And it cuts the inside of your throat so you get drunk faster. It's a wonderful invention. <laughs> yeah. ASMR. Mm. Every time you do it, every time you do ASMR noises for that listener who still gave us a five star review despite obviously what's his, hating. What's his, what's their name? Nomo ASMR. Nomo ASMR. I think they created an account just to put that review on. This is for you. I'm gonna edit this out. Now we're going to think of creative, creative sounds to put over the top of you doing that. <laughs> uh, Grant Bristow began his career as a private investigator, so he was. You know what? It, no, you know what it is. You don't care about Grant, do you? I don't. So do you know? I, I figured it out. For Nomo ASMR, thank you for making an account. Thank you for giving us a five star review. But I think I've got it. So you gotta, you gotta, like when dealing with clients, you know, clients often don't really know what they want, so they they don't know how to articulate it. So you kind of have to guess for them. And I'm guessing Nomo ASMR. It's not that they don't want me to do ASMR on drinking beverages and coffee. They want different ASMR. I'm gonna have to bring in like a steak. No, I, I you think, know I think, some cheese I, bread and like maybe some some like gravy, and you can hear the pouring the sounds of the gravy over top of the steak, and then chewing the steak. I think he just wants more. If it is a he, it could be she. They just want more of ASMR, like better ASMR. They don't want bad ASMR. They want better ASMR. So you think so they're playing hard to get? What they actually want is more. Yep, I think <laughs> I think what's happened is. You, you've you've taken the information where they quite clearly <laughs> express their opinion and doubled down on your own opinion more um, uh, in, in in a flagrant attempt to uh, try and not be wrong and think that ASMR is fun. I can see you how can't you force think a, that. You can't force ASMR on people who don't want to hear the sounds of it. I can people. and I have and I will. And that's just, <laughs> well, you said you did, but I will I will not let it continue. Just with more Aero tool banana bread. Uh, more banana bread. <laughs> so. 
Anyway. Fine, so, tell me about this Grant. Grant. Grant Bristow. Grant Bristow. So he was a private, he was born in 1958. He was a he was he he was a private investigator. He's still alive. He was a private investigator. Okay, and he worked for he was working in Toronto in the early to mid eighties as a private investigator, which again sounds like a great TV show. Um, uh, and he he was really good at covert infiltrations and intelligence gathering as a private. You know, you go like, hey, I think my husband's cheating on me. I'll go undercover in the country club. Your husband is cheating on you. Um, it's with uh, the the lady who. Um, I don't know. Runs runs the 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 marketing for the country club, uh, and there you go. And he would have dressed in like golf gear and done a play, done a few rounds to find that information. That's just a case I made up. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> if you had to infiltrate somewhere, where would you? What would you like to infiltrate to find information from? Air Force One. I just want to see what kind of food they have on there. <laughs> happy meals. <laughs> just happy meals with toys from the mid nineties. They've got a warehouse full of them. Um, <laughs> So Brist, Does that Brist, mean the Happy Meals are that old? Like they've just been sitting in Air Force One for no, no, just the toys. They, they don't. The, the president doesn't want new toys. He wants old toys from the eighties and the nineties. They don't make anymore. Okay. I used to have. What I used to have a French fries that transformed into a robot. They don't do those. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about spies. <laughs> Our new podcast, Happy Meals. They discontinued Happy Meals <laughs> that we miss. <laughs> Anyway, um, so in 1986, um, an uh, he started to work with um, with CSIS, which is the Canadian spy agency. Yep. Um, and he was he was hired to perform security work at their embassy, um, which was the target of lots of demonstrations. Um, sorry, he was hired to work at the South African embassy, which was the target of demonstrations because of the apartheid policy. So the what policy? Apartheid. Oh, right. Of course. That thing. Yeah. What you, is it? You have no idea. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jesse. What? What's an apartheid? The apartheid system was basically a, um, uh, a fundamentally... You know how this show works? <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you heard of South Africa, the nation? Yes. M Nelson Mandela? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He overcame apartheid to allow everyone in South Africa to live in an equal nation. So what happened was uh, South Africa was uh, built structurally to be racist, where white people were in charge and black people couldn't be in charge. I mean, I mean that's pretty much everywhere for hundreds of years. Yeah, but it was um, it was still prevalent right up to the 90s. Oh, wow. Uh, so essentially, it was like the, the Deep South pre-Civil War, um, where it was enshrined in law, essentially, that um, they were like, you know, white people were had different rules from black people. Wow. So, um, so as you can imagine, in Ottawa, there were a lot of protests at uh, their embassy. So, right. Okay. So, Grant Bristow was hired by the South African embassy to uh, basically provide security to stop the protesters. Okay. To stop the protesters? Well, to protect the embassy against the protesters. So, he then was actually approached by the... Um, by embassy officials, the South African embassy officials, and it was asked to gather intelligence by them on anti-apartheid demonstrators individually. So the the uh, South African embassy was like, who are these people? Why are they coming here? Where do they live? What do they eat? Okay. You know, those kind of things. Just because they, they wanted to stop, they wanted to try and undermine them and stop them from coming back. But he was opposed to it because a foreign government was essentially asking him to spy on Canadians. And he was a Canadian. So instead, he went to CSIS and told them. Wow. What's uh, and, that's, and that's how they recruited him. Oh, Because cool. they were like, oh, 
this is a trustworthy fella. Um, That's exactly what they said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a shiny apple. Come and work for us at CSIS. Um, <laughs> so he didn't actually work for them. He was he was more of like a freelance kind of. It was a kind of a freelance. Well, he worked gig. for apples. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's... Don't we don't want don't, just pay me with fruit. That's fine. <laughs> so, uh, so the Canadian government then uh, expelled one of the African officials and prohibited them prohibited them from re-entry to Canada and designated them a persona non grata. What does that mean? Uh, I think it's a tasty meal. <laughs> That's um, what it sounds like to me. Uh, it sounds like no, more, more person, ASMR. Person, Latin for person not person not welcome. Person not person not welcome at the dinner table. No person not welcome to Canada. Persona non grata. No, it's so, a very fancy name for get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So now this now, but this is the interesting thing. So, oh thank God. <laughs> I can't. I'm just still. I'm kind of in shock that you didn't know what apartheid was, but I, just, I, don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. This is anyway, really. Are you really in shock? I, I'm, I'm sure we'll get some reviews from this. <laughs> Uh, have you ever left North America? I haven't left my bedroom. This that's is the first true, yeah, time in, in like a month I've gone outside. You're missing to go out on and... quite a lot. Really? Yeah. Is have it... you seen a giraffe? I've heard of them. Yeah. They sound delicious. They're really good. Yeah. They taste tasty. <laughs> They're pretty good. <laughs> especially in a hot dog. Um, so. Do you say especially in a hot pocket? No, in a hot Giraffe flavored hot pockets? <laughs> I'd have one of those. Just saying. I'd, I'd give that a shot. Gir- giraffe madras flavor. Madras is a kind of curry. Oh. Yeah. Listener, would you try a giraffe hot pocket? You know you would. Giraffe madras. Spicy giraffe. Spicy giraffe hot pocket. Yeah. And hot pocket, if you're listening, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. You could have that one for free. <laughs> so. We just want credit in the form of both recent art faces on the hot pocket box. For no, with no explanation whatsoever. Just like spicy giraffe hot pocket, and there's Reese and Jesse's faces on the box for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to the learning. Back to, back to the learning. <laughs> back to, back the, to the, the reason we're here. Right. So Grant um, was was kind of was it Grant was persona non gratis. No, no, no. The person who he, the South African government official he reported as one oh, of Spank that Canadian. makes way more sense yeah there we go yeah he's, he's in the room well <laughs> physically <laughs> so um there's a lot of controversy over whether grant bristow was uh, undercover the whole time for csis or whether he actually used that as an opportunity to uh, promote far-right activities in canada what and, and and I was looking at it, and there's there's a lot of speculation and a lot of um, uh, although he denies it, the, some of the actions were taking taking the role a bit too far. If you know what I mean, he was he was he was in terms of going undercover, he became a bit of a method actor. If you see what I mean, I don't. Can you give me some examples? Ever seen the film Donnie Brasco? Oh God, a long time ago. Well, you know, you know when someone goes undercover it. and they become so entrenched in, in the role and oh, the part yeah, okay. that they start doing things that everyone else is doing around them. So even though they're there undercover. So what was he doing? Well, so. <laughs> you have to wait. I'm not going to tell you oh, that. Oh, fine. Okay. Right. So, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so he, he, was, he was introduced to a far-right activist called Max French, and he told... These names, man. I know. And he, what? Max French sounds like a comic book character. Max French. He does. By day, mild-mannered far-right Nazi activist. 
Is he a Nazi activist? By night, a sleeping far-right Nazi activist. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so so he was was a far-right activist. Nazi, though? um, And Bristol was... Holly, he was a Nazi? We don't know. Well, he was far-right. He wasn't a member of the German Nazi party of the 1930s and 40s. Okay, well, claiming someone's a a Nazi... I was just just calling him... Okay, sorry. No, Uh, he wasn't a Nazi. He was a (laughs) far-right activist. There is a difference. (laughs) He didn't have a uniform. (laughs) Yet. Or a pointy hat. Um, so he, uh, Bristol reported this to CSIS, and CSIS basically said, uh, Thanks, here's an apple. No, well, they did. They said, Well, we want you to spy on the far Canadian far right. But he himself was far right. No, he wasn't. No, he. That's Max French. I was talking about Grant Bristow, the spy who. Yeah, didn't you say Grant Bristow was far right? No. Well, we'll get to that. Okay. This is the question was he? Uh, so, oh, oh, so Donnie he was introduced. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, oh, that's so, interesting. So essentially, um, uh, he because he, because he became friends with French and Cesis knew he was good at going undercover. They were like, "Be his friend, get involved in the far right. Let us know what let us know what they're up to." Wow. So, okay, this, is, knew, this he, is finally getting interesting. All but, right, this is. But he knew nothing about uh, the far right. So the. The CSIS gave him a, a, a crash course induction into the far right, <laughs> which was a hell of a slideshow, I imagine. <laughs> or a, or a, imagine being Badger Media asked to make that instructional video. Oh my God, that'd be so. Hard. You're going undercover with the far right in Canada. <laughs> Race, please make this. Video. Here's what you need to know. Please make this video. I don't know where to start. Um, <clears throat> anyway. Just call up the far right. Ask for some footage. <laughs> So uh, they basically he then one eight hundred far right Canada. That's I mean, I, yeah, that's not. It's probably promote. just one eight hundred far right. I don't think Canada's just extra numbers at the end after it's already started ringing. You're still typing out Canada. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which is what happens with my phone. The, the light sense is funny, and uh, I keep dialing with my face while I'm on the call. So anyway, um, <laughs> sorry, I face dialed you. <laughs> face dialed you while I was talking to you. Uh, so um, he then became part of something that became known as Operation Governor, which began in the autumn of 1988. And essentially, he was... he was. I uh, want that job. Operation Governor. No, I want the job of coming up with those names. Yeah, I, want to get, I want to get a position in the government, and my only job is to come up with names for stuff like that. Yeah. That's it. What are we going to call this? Give it to Jesse. Yeah. He'll figure it out. I got o- it. Operation Beaver Endorsement. <laughs> I mean, or Operation uh, Camera Potato. <laughs> I think you'd be better at that job than me. I don't know, man. All right, tell me more about Operation Camera Potato. Operation Slash Governor. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> uh, so he got he got in with the <clears throat> Nationalist Party of Canada, um, and essentially he he became friends with the leader of the party don andrews uh so, how, how did he get into the party was well, there a he, test? Beca- he just became you, no, like, no, no this is it he just became friends with them and just hang out with them i mean this, this is like a fringe political group if somebody else turns up they get a free cup of tea okay so um do you know what do you know what he did he credited his friendship with them by by doing mirror by mirroring which is an intelligence technique where you mimic the target's thoughts and feelings to to gain trust yeah, that sounds about right. So you, they say something, the next day you repeat it back to them as if you you believe it too, and they're like, oh, that's a great idea. I you also like putting dogs in burlap sacks and beating them <laughs> against trees. What? Exactly. Well, I thought I was alone on that. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, come on and join our party, man. It's 
and then and then he went deeper. So then he got invited to attend a welcome and home. And then he went deeper. What he got he attended a welcome home party for Wolfgang Droge, who, who was a U.S. Where these names are amazing. He was returning Wolfgang from Wolfgang Droge, who was a who was a, a far right activist who was returning Sounds from like a U.S. Wizard. Well, he was returning from a U.S. prison after serving time for cocaine trafficking and a weapons charge, and they threw him a welcome home party. <laughs> Because um, he has all the coke. He knows so where it is. <laughs> he's a German-born Canadian, a white supremacist, a neo-Nazi, and founding leader of the Heritage Front. Oh, my God. So Droge helped... Uh, what's, the, what's the Heritage Front? Although I can guess. Uh, Heritage Front is a far-right organization. We'll get to that. We'll get to, so that. We'll okay, get to that. We'll get to that. So Droge, I'm always jumping ahead of, so, <laughs> jumping Droge, ahead of you. Droge sounds like... Sounds like he's like an evil not, wizard. No, he's not afraid of anything. Like he helped. Uh, he basically helped. He, he created Operation Red Dog, um, and he tried to invade uh, Dominica to overthrow his government. And he used to be uh, an organizer for the Klu- Operation Red Dog. Is a much better name than Operation Governor. It is, but like, come on, it's not as good as Operation well, pota- he, Phone Potato. And he also <laughs> organized for the Klu Klux Klan in British Columbia. This guy's a real dick. Yeah, yeah, he's up there <laughs> so with with. Uh, with dicks. Some of the biggest oh, Some dick, of the big dicks. Some of the worst dicks. There you go. There we go. That's better. That's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so but, but what happened was uh, Bristow realized that while the other per- the other friend he'd made was uh, involved in the far right, that Drogue was what he described as the real thing. As so he switched friends. No, no. He, he just became... It was like, you're my best friend too. I can have two best friends. <laughs> and he made, okay. him a, made him a bracelet at his, at his <laughs> welcome home party. Um, so to help fund his him reaching out uh, and kind of build his relationships and fund his uh, his goals with with being part of the far right, uh, CSIS paid Bristow about $50,000, which was worth even more in the 80s. I've heard that the dollar does rise. As the years go on, yeah. Well, so that was like a million billion. Um, so, <laughs> as as time progressed, uh, Bristow became uh, eventually the security chief of the Nationalist Party. So oh he wasn't just he wasn't just a member; he was the chief head of security for the Nationalist Party, while still being paid by CSIS as a spy. Amazing. Um, and he in it, so in he was it, getting paid from both sides. Well, no, he was, he was, he was, I don't know if he was getting paid to be part of the Nationalist Party. But Probably, I imagine. But he was in charge of their security. So, um, yeah, that, that's not a job people often do for free. Just, yeah. <laughs> just saying. So, but in his own words, in 2005, Bristow said, I was keeping watch over, over violent hate groups. It was the right thing to do. From this, and he, he says that he screened and collected detailed personal information, all new members, and then copied and forwarded it all to CSIS. Wow. So, as head of security, he knew everything. Right. So CSIS, so CSIS knew everything. This would make an amazing, like, miniseries. So, ne- ne- never, g- it? <laughs> never guess who invited all of the uh, fringe political groups to a big party. Libyan dictator uh, Muammar Gaddafi. Oh, well. Wow. Uh, in 1989, to, to send celebrations for the anniversary of his revolution, all expenses paid. So they went... Um, they, 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 their flight to Libya, uh, first they went to Rome where they were screened by, uh, Italian intelligence of- officers, uh, and who would try to get them to convince the, they can try to convince, convince them not to go to Libya. Um, and then they arrived in Tripoli, uh, with other extremists, uh, from all around the world, but it was a, it, it invited far left and far right movements. Mm. 
It must have been anyway. a fun place to be. Yeah, and he gave uh, he gave them with a he gave them a thousand dollar U.S. dollars as a gift as well. What's that coming down the driveway, Reese? It's me with a fresh delivery from the ad man. Come oh my smell gosh. it. I will come smell it. I love how your ads smell. Oh, golly, it's oh, fresh. Leah, stuff it in my face. Ah, <laughs> oh, fresh. Oh, ads. Smack me in the face with it. <laughs> oh, yeah, just the way I like it. Ads. And then they were stopped again in Chicago because Drogue, having been previously arrested uh, and banned from entering the United States, um, was uh, detained. And Bristow was also detained and strip searched. And he was furious, apparently, because um, he was worried. He, why, if Cesus knew he was there, mm. why didn't they let him not, like, let them pass through? Because uh, oh, he was right. worried about being caught. So, right. Um, uh, and he he basically was just quite angry at his handlers, um, uh, and and said that they were using him as an expendable pawn. Consider- Ex- expendable pawn. See, I heard porn. You said pawn. Pawn. Yeah, I'm not sure what you're saying. Pawn. Pawn. <laughs> expendable pawn. <laughs> <laughs> now, and this is we mentioned the Heritage Front. Hold on, say say pawn again, just in porn. Right. Now say porn. Porn. Say pawn. Porn. Say porn. Porn. Yeah. Okay. Please okay, continue. Cool. Anything else you want me to say? Pawn porn. Pawn porn. <laughs> anyway, come on, we're talking about the far right. <laughs> anyway, so um. Drogue and Bristow, uh, we talked about the Heritage Front as a, uh, a far-right organization. Bristow was actually one of the founding members. Oh, wow. So he'd been feeding all this information to CSIS, all this had been going on, but he was actually, because he was at the center role, he became uh, so involved, he helped them found a new organization altogether. Do you think that any of this bled into his, like, his psyche? Do you think he actually started believing any of this shit? Well, but this wasn't long after he'd felt like they were treating him like he was expendable. Oh. So I don't so know. So at some and, point he's like, fuck you, CSIS. I'm- but obviously the thing is a lot of this information is still classified. CSIS haven't shared their side of the story. So it's it's still... I haven't, I haven't found enough information to say to work out whether he went, he was just in so far he had to be part of the founding or whether he had turned his back on them and was just like, well, fuck you. I'm this gonna... honestly would make an amazing show. It's, but it also, it's, it's, Don't it's, you think so? It's very ambiguous. You know, there's, it, it, he, he was involved in helping found like a horrible... You don't like TV, do you? <laughs> I do like TV. No, I just don't really watch it. No, really? No. Well, I do okay. sometimes. Not always. Maybe. Okay, please yeah. continue. Anyway... <laughs> Every, t- every time I mention the television show idea, you just you just keep talking. It's just a lot of It's not a great idea. It's just a lot of work. Um, <laughs> uh, so Bristow claims that he was using his his uh, the confidence of Drogue to convince him not to perform illegal and violent acts. And uh, as the front began to, glo- began to grow, Bristow was still given information to uh to CSIS. One included of an eco terrorism plot against North American agriculture being promoted by the American Aryan nation. Wow. Um so they're gonna do some kind of eco terror plot to destroy American agriculture. It sounds like like a Bond villain thing. I mean it really yeah. yeah. What, what would the name of that Bond villain be? 
um, Drogue. No, you have to have like a, like um, a Bond villain name. A Baron, like like Mister Mister Teeth or something, or maybe not Mister Baron Teeth. Baron von Payne and Ooh. Baron von Payne. It's not spelt like the word pain. It's a play on right. how it sounds. And uh, you've always got a Bond villains have to have a disfigurement. Right, which which I've always found uncomfortable because um, there's a correlation in Bond films between disfigured bad guys and bad guys. So what would his disfigurement? He wouldn't be? Be, his disfigurement would be um, that he has no disfigurement and it doesn't quite fit the brand. Uh, okay, there we go. Anyway, <laughs> Baron von Payne, no disfigurement, but he does have a really big gun. And he dresses nicely. He dress. He's immaculately dressed, but, yes. he, but he's, he's got a shit car. Okay, so there it is. Yeah, yeah. there had to be yeah. something. It's a K, <laughs> just a K car. So, um, uh, so, so because they were talking about this eco-terrorism plot to destroy agriculture in North America, which is just in in off the charts, mm. um, it was it was kind of demonstrating the extremes that Drogo would go to, um, and you know, kind of justifying this mission on behalf of CSIS, really, I guess. Bristol was then introduced to other people. This guy called Terry Long, who was the from the Canadian chapter of the Aryan Nations, and they got on really well. Um, instantly because he used his mirroring technique either he used his mirroring technique or he was just having a good time <laughs> we don't know um, <laughs> and and long passed on a mem- his membership list of 180 people um so bristow then passed that on to CSIS. So they knew all of the Aryan nation members wow. were on there um and <laughs> this is there was a far <laughs> oh, he God. went he went with um with drogue and some other people to a far-right symposium in Germany. <laughs> okay. Um, and he went to security. He videoed and photo-documented photo the conference um, and what was happening there and who was talking and then passed all that on to CSIS as well. Amazing. Uh, the conference was raided by German police. Was uh, raided? Raided by German <coughs> police, yeah. So uh, was the German police aware of his position? Uh, no, they escaped, it says, yeah. Oh, so cool. They escaped because maybe they, would, maybe they would have blown the lid off it all if they did find out. Hmm. So, um, and, and it just keeps going. He went to the, an Aryan Nation comet in Idaho um, to help kind of uh, find out who, which Canadians were there. Um, and basically, he, dealt, dom- he it kind of demonstrated how interconnected the American far right and the Canadian far right were. They basically were kind of, it didn't, there was no, no border really between their movements. Um, and then, I what, mean, but, hate knows no bounds. Hate, yeah, you can't <laughs> put a border in hate. <laughs> anyway. Can't put pass- passport control on hate. Hate brings people together. Um, so then, but then on August the twelfth, nineteen ninety four, I was ten years old. Um, Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was nine, getting ready for my tenth birthday. Exciting Probably asked for like you. a Ninja Turtle or something. Uh, Bristol was contacted by the Toronto Sun reporter uh, Bill Dunphy. Dunphy. Bill Dunphy who informed him he was about to go to press with a story about Bristow being a CSIS agent uh, and exposing his far-right activity. Who was this? Um, this was a reporter who'd found out, who'd basically sleuthed or been tipped off on the story. And was of, he a far-right reporter? No, he worked for the Toronto... Is the, is the Toronto Sun a far-right newspaper? I'm trying to think. <laughs> it might be. I know I know what the Toronto Sun is, and I don't think it is. No, oh, it isn't? Okay. No. I know. Um, um, so that's just shitty. Like, why would you do that? Because um, he's a reporter, and this is the CSIS. This is a spy agency spying on domestic, on Canadians. So it was a big story. I mean, understandably, they were they were going to try and do, destroy all agriculture in North America. But it's newsworthy. 
Yeah, but... Anyway. I mean, yeah. I mean, but so so what happened was, um, because of the violent tendis- tendencies of his former target slash friends, uh, Bristow asked for it not to be published, but he insisted and went to press two days later. He's like, I don't give a shit if you get murdered by Nazis. Do it. Wow. I'm going to do it. <clears throat> this is going to be, this is going to make my career. What a dick. I know. Yeah. Imagine my LinkedIn. If I do this, <clears throat> you might be dead. But, so what happened? But I'll get 13 likes. Um... <laughs> So, so he he realized he had to get himself out of Toronto and his family, um, and he asked uh, CSIS to hide him. He was first moved to Jasper, uh, uh, in uh, uh, Jasper's in Alberta, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, a, a more detailed plans, and eventually he was resettled in Alberta, um, and but then he returned to Toronto in 1995 for the for a funeral, and was caught by the media, um, and they took photos of him. Um, Fuck the media. Yeah. God damn. So the CSIS crisis team had to have a meeting to deal with the Toronto Star reporters' questions. Reporters are such intense <laughs> assholes, man. Um, like, they're just... And they published like, the identities and photos of Bristow and his wife. Um, and uh, so so they decided just to return home and hope for the best. Um, and he hasn't been retaliated on yet, but um, he... He's kind of trying to let go of his past, apparently, and he published a book about it and and everything. But and so a watchdog report on it said that Risto's actions kind of tested the limits of what was acceptable as an undercover agent because he was so Donny Brascoed, right? Um, that um, and and also the angle of the Toronto Sun was saying, well. Bristow was so involved in these Nazi organizations or far right organizations, and. CSIS were giving him money, mm. so CSIS were funding oh, neo-Nazi. That's, oh that was the kind God. of angle they were going for. Of course, for. that's the angle they're going but for. But he was—he was, he didn't work for them. He was being paid as a freelance right. yeah. spy to yeah. to do it. So God, I hate reporters, man. Yeah, they're not reporters. Reporters aren't so bad. I hate what's the word? Um, the, the evil fucking reporters. The ones that like there's a name for it. Not propaganda. They're the the. Uh, the they are the paparazzi paparazzi the people who will do anything for ratings and for you know for a good for a good scoop that doesn't yeah, yeah. actually Something help anything. Sell a good front page that sells papers yeah that sells papers but it doesn't actually help anybody's lives no. and it just puts other people's lives in danger I like saw, I, I, saw I hate new, it so much i saw a news article and it was it was um, Al Pacino goes out for coffee, can barely hold a cup. And what it was, it was just a man in his 80s trying to drink coffee um, with a mask and trying to work around his mask. But he was old because he's in his 80s. Is Al Pacino was in his yeah, 80s? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the headline, yes, it was Al Pacino, but all you could see was an, a man in his 80s just trying to have a cup of coffee around wearing a mask. Like, come on. And they took photos of him and like, <laughs> look at Al Pacino. Yeah, that's... He, can, he can't work coffee and masks. That's, and it's yeah, just like... I, that's, it's like that's shit, man. Yeah. It's like the worst. Just, just let him be an old man and go and help him. Like, put your yeah. camera down. Go, hey Al, do you want, do you want some help? Yeah, the no, paparazzi's are fucking evil, 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 evil people. <laughs> I want to make, I want to make a show called Paparazzi. I've actually thought of this, where we find actual paparazzi and then we paparazzi the fuck out of them. We follow them around. We take photos of them and their family, them in their backyards. We just we chase them wherever they are. We're taking photos of them. No matter where they go, and we'd never leave them alone twenty four seven. I think that would make a fascinating reality television show. I, I know someone who nearly committed suicide because 
the paparazzi were following him around and he was uh, secretly gay and they knew he was secretly gay mm. and they were telling him that they were going to publish a headline really soon that would have compromised his, you know, his, his kind of life and his career because he wasn't ready to right. let the world know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, you pushed him to near suicide. Jesus Christ. They, they didn't care. No, there was a, my, my old friend Mike and me had this plan if we were ever become, this is when we were kids, of course, we're like, oh, we're going to become famous someday. And if the paparazzi <laughs> ever comes at us, like, how to, how to and, deal And you ended with, up with this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Life dream, life dream complete accomplished. Da, 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 da. Anyway, like if you are surrounded by paparazzi who are asking you questions, like you've got like ten, 20 microphones shoved in your face yeah. and people asking you questions. I think to this day, one of the funniest ways you could deal with that okay is by being very upfront and active with them in a very um in in a, in a way that seems like you're in, interacting but you're not so like instead of like no 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 leave me alone and like trying to hide your face and get away from them no 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 like go up go up to them stand up front and here I am okay I'm ready to answer questions and you've got like 20 microphones of people shouting and all you do is you are determined like okay I'm not leaving this spot I'm not I'm going to stand here for 48 fucking hours if I have to and you just look around while everyone pointing and then you point to someone one of the reporters, I'm like, you. And they'll ask you a question. And you just listen to the question. And you don't answer. And then you look at someone else in the crowd. And you point to them. And you're like, you. And you go, and they'll oh, they'll answer. They'll ask you their question. And you just listen to their question. And you need to point to look at someone else. And you go like, you. And you just do this for hours. You don't actually answer a single question. You just keep pointing at different reporters saying, you, you. What's your question? What's your question? What's your question? And you never answer questions. Like, stand there and do that like 20 minutes, half an hour, an hour, two hours, three hours, five hours, t until they all fuck off. Just <laughs> you've, you've really mentally prepared yourself for fame. Uh, you know, in a way that it's hard to conceive. Like what would they do? What could they possibly do if they I don't know. I don't know. They probably just go. We celebrity. But if you did Celebrity that, has a weird thing. If where you they did that, okay. 100% of the time, I mean, every single solitary time that the paparazzi bugged you, you did that. You're like, okay, here we go. We're doing this again, right? And you just stand there. You plant your feet and you just say, you, what's your question? How about, okay, what's your question? But you don't answer a thing and you don't leave. And you just do that over and over and over again. Do you think if you were part of the paparazzi and you saw me, would you come running up to try? Like if you went through that seven times with me? <laughs> I, got, I got a much simpler solution. Super soaker full of piss. Ooh. That would just be way easier, way less of your time. Just super soak, fill it up. Take the outside, okay. Just <laughs> gonna drink a gallon of water. Fill up your super soaker. Just, just, just squirt them with piss as you walk out. They'll go. They'll go just as quickly. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. That is actually entertaining to think about. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then when they go right, your assignment, you're gonna go and take photos of Jesse. Oh, not the piss guy. <laughs> So they just hate coming to cover you. And then you sneak up on them. Like, so they're all there in a bush waiting for you to come out of your house. And you go, what's going on, guys? We're just waiting for Jesse to come out. And he went, he's already here. And the next thing they know is just cold piss in their face. Cold? What? Because you're not going to, you want to, it's, well, it's not fresh. Maybe you stored it overnight. <laughs> you can warm it up if you want. I really want us to become super famous so that we can do shit yeah. like this. <laughs> 
just so you can, yeah. I mean, it's, it's technically assault, but I mean, I that's mean, what they're doing. So, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go, Did you get your photo? By the way, you smell a piss. <laughs> good, good luck. So anyway, back to Grant Bristow. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so it's a long episode. But the question is. You know, was he involved? I mean, the thing is, when they recruited him, he was doing security for the for an for the apartheid regime. So mm. he obviously wasn't he wasn't politically bothered by a racist government and, and doing work for them. And then came forward to report them when they wanted to spy on Canadians. But he was fine to work for them in a security sense. So, were the question is is that you know obviously he put himself in immense danger to get involved. But when he was there, he was involved. He was very very involved. So is it a case of he he started out doing the right thing and just got pulled in a little bit too much, or was it all honest, or was he you know actually just you know um w- you know what kind of mole was he how how involved was he it, again we'll probably never know because mm. CSIS aren't going to tell no, other the truth so um it's just we only really have his word on a lot of the activities and stuff but um, I mean thankfully CSIS isn't going to let us know otherwise they'd be doing a bad job. <laughs> It's the definition of a bad. <laughs> Just an update. What have we been up to this week? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, did you like that story? I did. I did very much. Yeah, that was. Uh, I kept picturing like this would make a really good television show. Like I really do I think that. What would you call it? Uh. Uh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, you're fizzling with creativity uh, around yeah, this idea. No, this is, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Plastic Nazi. Plastic Nat. Oh, that's actually... Thank you. Yep, that's good. Yep. Go with that. You do the operation names. I'll do the titles of TV shows. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, right, I'm going to go and piss in a super soaker and uh, wait for the press to arrive. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let you know when they're here. Imagine if Trudeau did that one of his press conference. <laughs> it just, it comes I'm, calling, his I'm calling an election. And by the way... <laughs> 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 it's not my piss either. <laughs> it's the piss of a deputy minister. I couldn't go. I was too nervous. Too excited. Too excited. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not making a t-shirt of Justin Trudeau erect pissing into it. <laughs> oh, why not? I love the speech t-shirt, says, by the, the way. The hole is too small. <laughs> I love our new T-shirt seduced by Ottawa. By the way, I, I want that to become a thing. Uh, so do I. Yeah, yeah, we should. We should. If That's you the next TV show, if you're right involved there. in tourism in Ottawa and you want me and Jesse to come and do a seduced by Ottawa podcast special, um, we will do it. If you're not we involved, should in, a, we should do a limited series run called Seduced by Ottawa. It's just stories from Ottawa. Well, I just thought it'd be funny. We can go there and be seduced by Ottawa, like try all the food, go to the museums. I think that'd be great. Jump on the beds of a hotel. Have, yes. It's yeah, the yeah, montage yeah. in my head. Ride a bike. I'm on the handlebars. You're riding the bike. <laughs> uh, this is a long episode. This is a long episode. Bye, everyone. That's it. That's <laughs> We're done. We'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs>
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, dear listener, do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about Canadian politics and history? Boy, do we have a special fucking treat for you. We've got our first ever official live show at a bar. It's at Two Crows Brewing on uh, Brunswick Street in Halifax on Sunday, May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it no matter how much it is. If you want to hold our hair while we barf in the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there. 